0: Oh, what a save by Howard! Edifer to Datsuki. What a move! We did the scars! Oh, but Datsuki in defense of beauty! That's the moving blue line champion scars! Steven is up! The
1: Craigslist!
0: You're listening to Impact Sports Radio,
1: and this is Octopi Hockey Town. And welcome back to another edition of Octopi Hockey Town here on Impact Sports Radio. I'm Zach Fanko here alongside Brian Bobel. How are you doing today, Brian?
0: It's a cold one out there today, Zach. It
1: is. It is um, very cold. I actually walked to my first class this morning, and it, it was definitely a struggle for me. So, But um, today, coming off the weekend, the Red Wings um, split the weekend against two original six rivals. Um, Friday night, playing um, Chicago at home, and they ended up getting the 4-1 victory and it was a it was a good game for the Red Wings. They played really well, especially in the second period, um, outshooting the Blackhawks 20 to eight. Got the two goals in that second period. Really pulled away in that game and was able to get a nice convincing victory on Friday night. Um, and then Sunday night they played the Montreal Canadiens in another home game for them. And it was kind of an opposite result for them, losing four to one. Couldn't even though they outshot the Canadians 29-19 in that game. They could never really get any good scoring chances. Um, Riley Sheehan with the lone goal for the Red Wings, but um, kind of a disappointing performance from Jimmy Howard, allowing four goals on 19 shots. Um, what do you take away from this weekend's games?
0: Um, the fr- the game Friday or the game against the Blackhawks was fairly convincing, and the way they did it, getting four goals from four different people, that's exactly what the Red Wings need to see more of. And if they get that, they'll be able to have games like that consistently. I mean, beating the Blackhawks four to one is always, uh, you know, since the Blackhawks are one of the best teams in the league. Maybe not so much this year; they're they're struggling a little bit this year. But still, to get that kind of a convincing win, you know, really boosts your morale. And then you go into the game against Montreal, and I don't think I don't really think the team played poorly. Um, a couple of the goals, what, what are you gonna what are you gonna do about them? Uh, the goal Sue Ban scored. Um <laughs> I don't think you're gonna see a goal like that scored too often where he takes a slap shot, hits off of Kyle Quincy right around the man area and then bounces its way into the net. Nothing Jimmy Howard can do on that one. Um the goal that was scored towards the end of the game, the one that put it away pretty much, was behind the goal line and it was just a just a really it was a perfect shot. Now, not many people are going to have the awareness to throw the puck on goal from that kind of an angle. You could blame Jimmy on that one, but at the same time, that's not another goal. That's not going to go in too often. Um, it was disappointing, though. To I'm sure for Red Wings fans to listen to the to the Canadians fans chanting their song, you know, their ole ole ole. You could hear it clear as day on TV. Uh, I can't imagine what it was like at the Joe, but it was it was good that they got a split. Now, if you're the Red Wings, you're looking to get a little more of that considering where you are in the standings and in the division. But that's why they still have up until March and April you know, to get there to get to fix it. So not, not, a, not a disappointing weekend, but not a very good one.
1: Yeah, kind of an up-and-down weekend. Um, I want to go back to the Chicago game for a second. Um, really good game from Luke Glendening. He had a goal and an assist to lead the Red Wings in that game. Ended up being the first star, actually, so that was – that was a very good performance by the young guy. Other scores, you had um, Branson, Tartar and Brendan Smith, and uh, I thought that was that was a great game for the Red Wings. Not only because they beat a you know a good team from the West who has a lot of experience over the last few seasons seasons in the playoffs, but a team that they're not going to be able to play that much. They only play them one more time this season, and um, it's I think it's a good it's a good um, mark for them this early in the season to beat a team that that's, that's that's highly respected among the league especially with Joel Quinville as the coach um i thought it was a good victory montreal they kind of took a step back but i mean the the young goaltender for montreal um dustin Tokarski, he he actually played a great game yeah. i mean there was there was a lot of saves where i was like just wow you know that's mm-hmm. you know, there's not much you can do when a goaltender's on like that
0: yeah you could see why they decided to stick with him over peter budai and they they got rid of peter budai earlier this season but yeah it was it was really interesting, I, and and the way they played against Chicago, they were all over them too. Like the, like you highlighted by two goals in a minute and ten in the second period. Yeah, that was it was a it was a dominating performance, really twenty to eight in the second period, outs and them two goals. You know, that's the kind of uh, stuff you want to see more of. And like you said, Zach, that's a game where where you look at the calendar early in the season and you see Chicago Blackhawks coming into town. That's a game you circle on the calendar, and you say this is a good measuring stick for our team, and for them to pass that test with flying colors was was great. And then you have a you know, like you said, that roller coaster weekend went down, you know, spiraled downward against the the Habs, but you know, what are you gonna do though? Yeah, I mean,
1: it it was. I mean, it was kind of an up and down weekend. You had Detroit. Um, they went one for six in the power play in the loss to Montreal. I thought that was one of the more disappointing stats taken away from that game. Mm-hmm. One for nine total on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So that's a part of their game that they definitely need to improve on. And as we talked about in the last week's podcast, they were actually playing well in the power yeah. play the few games before that, but kind of took a step back this weekend. Um, I think they need to improve on the power play because this is a team that they don't, they don't allow a whole lot of goals. Mm-hmm. So if you can get those extra power play goals on your side, that's definitely, definitely going to be to your advantage as a Red Wings um, team. But, uh, yeah, one for nine on the power play. This week they play three games. Um, they're going to be playing at Columbus tonight. Uh, Columbus really struggling. They, they've actually had two straight win, two straight wins, but they lost nine straight before that. So they, they're coming into this game. They're really looking to get a big win against the Red Wings. Um, they're allowing 3.5 goals per game this season. That's 29th in the league. So they've been allowing a lot of goals. I see this as a game that the Red Wings could put up you know a lot of points in this one. And uh, Columbus, they, they better have their A game on because I think the Red Wings could put a lot of shots on goal tonight against Columbus.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because when you lose nine in a row, you'd think that you're long shot out of a playoff race, but because the Metropolitan Division is, we could say, tight or we could say poor, the way, depending on how you look at it, where there's three, teams, three or four 500 teams log jammed right in the middle there, and the Blue Jackets are only a couple points out at this point. Um. Yeah. Even losing nine games in a row, they're still only seven points out of a wild card spot, five points out of a, the last division spot. So by no means are they out. But if you look at their their roster, they've dealt with so many injuries. It's unbelievable how many people they have lost to injury. Brandon Dubinsky, one of their better players. Mark to Ryan Murray, Feder all on the back end. Um, and that's. Missing Nathan Nathan Horton, one of their big free agent acquisitions a couple years ago, pretty much done for the rest of the season, and their big their big their big gunslinger Ryan Johansson is questionable for tonight's game against the the Red Wings. So, if Johansson's not ready to go, then an already depleted Columbus you know forward core is going to be in in terrible shape. But luckily for them, they got Sergei Bobrovsky back in their last win against San Jose. And beating San Jose, that that's another it's another kind of game, just like the Red Wings and the Blackhawks. You know, the the Sharks are one of the more respected teams. They've been one of the better regular season teams for the last couple of years. So that was a big win for them. Don't know if they'll be able to make it three straight tonight, especially if Ryan Johansson's not ready to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting Sergei uh, Bavrowski back is huge for them. I mean, he's been one of the better goaltenders over the last few seasons. Absolutely. So, I mean, anytime you have Bavrowski in the net, you're going to have a chance. But the way I see it, Detroit, they're going to outshoot the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. And it's just a matter of getting the right shots on goal. Not, necessary, not necessarily the um, the quantity, but the quality of the shots that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Fast forwarding to uh, Thursday night, they'll be play- playing um, another surprising um, Western Conference team, uh, the Winnipeg Jets, who are actually right now, they're sitting, they're tied for third in the Central Division of the Western Conference. Um, they're coming off two straight losses, however, to um, Nashville and Minnesota. They play the Devils tonight. So that's another game that I think should be a good one. Um, Winnipeg, you know, they, they've they been really surprising this year despite not being able to score a whole lot of goals, but they're fourth in the league in goals allowed. So how have they been able to... um? I don't know, stay stay in this, you know, race in the West in such a tightly compacted Western conference.
0: Yeah, that that's what it is. You know, you, you have that commitment to defense and they're not a flashy team. They don't have the superstar talent unless you consider Evander Kane or Blake Wheeler a superstar. They're they're a team that just quietly they just go about their business. Paul Maurice is an excellent coach, you know, one of the best young coaches in the NHL today. Yeah, they're another team out there include them in the in the conversation with Nashville, Vancouver, and Calgary as the surprise team so far. Now, whether or not they'll be able to keep this up, I'm not sure. Um I think a lot of the better teams are taking a little, you know, a while to get their legs under them. Um but yeah, right now they are a tight defensive team. They play stingy, tight defense and I think you're looking at a 2 to 1, 3 to 2 if it, at at worst, it'll yeah. be a 3 to 2 game. But most likely, the teams if a teams that committed to defense like the Jets are, that's going to be a pretty low scoring game like you said. Um might be able to pull that one out especially because if Winnipeg loses to New Jersey tonight, which the Devils seem to have a ton of problems playing in Winnipeg if If they can if the Red Wings can go into Winnipeg facing the Jets when they've lost three in a row, the Red Wings might be able to pull one out there. but if the if the Jets can get back on track and I think they will tonight against the Devils, that'll be a very good one. I wouldn't be surprised if that one goes beyond sixty minutes
1: yeah that that'll definitely be one of the better games, especially because detroit they're they're a tight defensive team mm-hmm. too they they don't allow a whole lot of goals, so you you're looking at that game as you know one one two one type game. Possibly going to the shootout or overtime, Um, and then Saturday night they're going to play another original six team. They're on the road again at Toronto. Um, Toronto, you know, they're staying. They're staying in the you know top part of the standings for the most part. They're nine seven and two on the season, Um, fifth in the Atlantic Division, and they've had two straight losses. Um, They lost to Pittsburgh and then they lost to Buffalo two to six. Really, really disappointing loss for Leaves fans there against Buffalo. <laughs> I mean, six to two Buffalo right now, the last place team in the Eastern Conference. But uh, t- a player that I've really looked at this season, Phil Kessel, is off to an amazing start for the Leaves. Eleven goals, eleven assists on the season. He's top five, you know, scorer right now in the league. Um, he's been one of those guys that's really keeping the Leaves in the mix as far as the Eastern Conference goes.
0: Yeah, and that's the kind of production they were looking to get out of him when they traded for him way back, uh, seems a long time ago now. But watching their, their last couple games, they had a terrific game against Boston uh, on Wednesday night rivalry night, I think it was, where they just completely just destroyed the Bruins and something you're not even used to seeing out of, out of Boston for that point. But Toronto looks really good. Phil Kessel, again, spearheaded that attack that night, had, had himself a couple of goals. Typical Phil Kessel way, just the quick. The thing about him, it, it's just so amazing to watch how quick his hands are. Like, as soon as the puck's on his stick, boom, it's gone, and it's usually into the back of the net. And that's That was how he scored both of his goals on Wednesday. It was just carrying the puck, and all of a sudden, flick of the wrist, and the puck's already in the back of the net. You know, So... The, the the Maple Leafs seem to go as Phil Kessel goes, and this is actually a pretty big game for Detroit. You know that interdivisional matchup, regardless of how the game against uh, the Blue Jackets turn out tonight, and then the game against Winnipeg. Right now, the Maple Leafs are only one point behind the Red Wings, yeah. even though the Red Wings have a game in hand on them. So I, I mean that's yeah, it's so very early to talk about you know putting them out of the playoff spot, but I mean for for a momentum standpoint. You're going to be battling this team. I think the Red Wings and Maple Leafs are going to be battling for that third spot in, in the Atlantic Division, maybe one of the wild card spots, most likely. But yeah, and it's and it was so weird to watch them go play Buffalo the night after, you know, or a couple games after. It's like what happened. I mean, no, I don't think anybody would have, would imagine Buffalo routing Toronto six to two. But that seems to be the Maple Leafs' mo. You know, they'll have they'll put together some. Awesome games like the game against the Bruins, but then they'll have they'll lay complete duds against you know inferior opponents. So I think the Red Wings have a good chance to win at Toronto, uh, just a matter of which Maple Leafs team shows up.
1: Yeah, especially I mean, they, they dominated the Bruins as you were talking about, and then the game after against Pittsburgh, where they lost a tight game two to one in uh, regulation, and then just against Buffalo, just it kind of fell apart for them. But you know, Toronto they have a lot of talent, so it just depends on which team shows up, like you were saying. Um, around the NHL today in news, um, Gary Bettman shot down talks of expansion of an expansion vote at the board of governors meeting in December, um, saying that, you know, they're not really talking about that right now. And if, even if there is any expansion talks, it probably wouldn't take place till about two to three years down the road. Um, what, what do you think about the NHL expanding, possibly expanding or relocating teams? Um. You know, in the future.
0: I think that they would it would be they would be ridiculously dumb to not do anything because you can't have the uneven conferences like this. You can't have it continue for another couple of years. It's just it's just not fair to you know, for lack of better terms, it's just not fair. Yeah. You have a sixteen team Eastern Conference, you're competing against two more teams for a playoff spot compared to the Western Conference who's got fourteen. I don't see why they aren't pushing this forward now? I'm I'm taking what he says when when Batman says that they're not ready to expand just yet. I'm 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 not looking too deeply into that because if somebody comes in with here's you know four hundred million dollars, I want an expansion team, whatever the expansion fee is nowadays. If someone comes waving a check to Gary Bettman, he's gonna be he's gonna retrace his steps and say, oh, yep, now we got an expansion team. But yeah. if we and we and we talked about this in you know one of our classes Zach. I wouldn't be surprised if we go 5 years down the road, I wouldn't be surprised if we see both expansion and relocation. There are two two teams that I'm thinking of that really just don't have a chance to turn themselves into a huge hockey market and that's the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes. I'm finally starting to get that name right with the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes yeah. there. Um but yeah it, there's just no, there's not a fan base for either of those teams. The Panthers have been terrible, only made the playoffs, I think, four years in their 20 year history, 20 plus year history. And that's just not a recipe for success. They're not even playing in Miami anymore. They're playing in Sunrise, which is, I think, about a half hour north. And, and the Coyotes, it would, they would be a lot better off if they were playing at the U.S. Airways Center right in the smack middle of, of Phoenix where the Suns play. But no, they're out in Glendale. Not many people want to make that trip out to Glendale you know, and, and see another subpar team. I mean, if you watch those games, nine, most more often than not, the other team that comes in fills the building. you know. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised to see one of those two teams go. I, I'm completely ignoring anything Gary Bettman says on expansion or relocation because, like I said, if someone comes in and says, here's the money, NHL will be like, here you go. This team's up and this team's gone, or here's your new team. Um, I'd say Florida moves to Quebec City, which will keep the 16-14 split between conferences. Quebec City is definitely having a team in the near future. It's just just a matter of time of when it happens. And then out west, I would say the Coyotes might stay put because they did just sign uh, their new ownership, signed a 15-year lease with the city of Glendale. So they might be put, but there's a clause, and I was reading about this rather recently, there's a clause in that contract that says if the team accrues a certain amount of losses in terms of dollars, then they can opt out of that lease in five years. So even though the Coyotes have that 15-year lease with Glendale, they could still move in five years if, if, if they aren't a financial success, which I don't see them being. So then you look at they could possibly relocate and let's move them up to Seattle. Seattle, Portland, uh Las Vegas has been the big player lately. Wouldn't be surprised to see a team there. The only thing though, when you're talking about Las Vegas, do you think there's a viability to have a fan base there?
1: I I really don't. I just don't see I don't see any hardcore fans being in Las Vegas saying, you know, I'm a Las Vegas you know, if the Coyotes move there, I'm a Las Vegas Coyotes fan. Well, let's call just, them the Gamblers. Yeah, so I'm a, a big Gamblers, gamblers yeah, fan. Yeah, you, you know, know it, it's, Las Vegas is a party city. People go there as a tourist attraction. It's not a place where people really, you know, live and take pride in living in Las Vegas. So I don't really see it. I mean, it would be, it would be interesting, to say the least, to see what, how it would work. But as far as, you know, as a team standpoint going there, I think it would be really tough to – um you know predict what would happen.
0: Yeah, and with and another thing to, to keep in mind with those three cities, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington, and, and Las Vegas, they all have a minor league hockey team of some capacity in the city. Uh, Las Vegas has the Wranglers who draw roughly 4 4,000 plus cl- a little under 5,000 a game. Then you go to Seattle, the Seattle Thunderbirds, I think, is their name. That's an awesome, that would be a great name to keep. But they draw just as just as well, you know, in between four or five thousand. And then you go to Portland. Um, both those teams, uh, the the Las Vegas Wranglers are in the ECHL, which is pretty much one of the lower yeah. lowest on the totem pole. And then the teams in Seattle and Portland, the Portland being the Winterhawks, they're all junior teams, and the Winterhawks draw really well. I think they they draw upwards of uh, around seven or eight thousand just for wow. juniors. Yeah. So I I wouldn't wouldn't think it you know wouldn't think it would be impossible to see Portland get an NHL city. Can you imagine if if they can put two teams one in Seattle and one in Portland that's a great rivalry you're starting up there yeah um you know between two new expansion teams so I wouldn't be surprised. We fast forward the clock. I'm saying Florida goes to Quebec City. Or relocates in general, but let's say just in terms they go to Quebec City, the Coyotes might relocate, maybe to Portland. You know, I considering I don't think they're gonna be a financial success in Glendale, and then we'll drop two expansion teams in Seattle and Las Vegas. I don't know how Las Vegas is gonna turn out. I I can't see it being a fan. There can't see there being a huge fan base there, but you never know. You know the NHL has found has found fan bases in San Jose in Anaheim in Tampa. So yeah, I mean you, you never and know. You even talk about Nashville and
1: yeah. It, perfect. I perfect
0: mean, point, Nashville, exactly. A place where you
1: never thought hockey Mm-mm. would really, you know, survive and and it has. I mean Nashville is one of the better hockey yeah, cities in the league.
0: Absolutely. I always love watching games in Nashville, you know. I, I can't wait to get to a game there in person, but I always love watching them on TV. The buildings packed, the buildings loud.
1: Yeah, and and you talk about you know the Coyotes possibly moving, and the thing that I think is kind of interesting is they haven't been a team that's um, you know they haven't really struggled as a team. They've been in the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. They've you know they've won some series. They were even in the Western Conference Finals. I would was it two years ago they were in the Western Conference yeah, Finals twenty twenty twelve. Yeah, so, absolutely. I mean this is a team that's competed at you know the top level of the NHL for the last few years, and yet they can't draw the fan base to bring in the money. I mean that's just really surprising to me that you know the, the fans wouldn't come out and watch them.
0: Yeah, and they've been more successful as of late than the Panthers have, and I, I think I think it has a chance to be a good market, but it just they need I, they just need to get over that hump. They need to consistently be in those positions like the Western Conference Finals or you know even a playoff picture. But it's tough for them because they're in a super packed. Pacific Division there uh, in the Western Conference. You're going to have to go through the Ducks and the the Kings and the Sharks and now look at the Vancouver Canucks throw them in there. You got to go through the Canucks just to get into the playoffs, let alone, you know, make an impact. But yeah, like you said, it's really interesting. I love seeing the Whiteouts uh when they have playoff games in, in Glendale. They kept that old Winnipeg Jets tradition of doing the Whiteouts in the playoffs. I love seeing that.
1: Yeah, and Glendale's uh, I mean, I've been to Glendale before. My uh, I actually have family from Glendale. And it's a nice area. Mm-hmm. But but you talk about how it's kind of out of the way for, you know, fans from Phoenix and it's you know, it's tough to, you know, see people driving all the way to Glendale when you live in Phoenix for a hockey game and when, especially if you're not a hardcore fan. I think for when it comes to the NHL, you really make your money off the casual fans that are coming to the game. Yeah. I mean,
0: you're going to have your hardcore fans Absolutely. no matter
1: what, but if you can draw in that casual audience, That's even better for a team,
0: and I think that might be an advantage for Las Vegas because you're gonna have a little bit. I'm sure there's going to be a a you know sprinkle in a couple of diehard Vegas hockey team fans in there, but they're gonna make. That's the thing about Vegas. They're gonna make most of their money on the casual people, or just hey, you know, let's go to, you know, let's go to the casino. And then, oh look, there's a you wanna to go to a hockey game? Well, sure. I can't imagine tickets are are gonna be you know, although it is Vegas, so you might have tickets, you know, pretty exorbitant prices, but I think that's how they're going to make or break their, their fan base there with, you know.
1: I mean, could you imagine? I mean, you could have you know slot machines at the hockey game. You know? <laughs> it, it would be very you interesting.
0: Got, you got some roulette tables on the concourse. Get some blackjack and, and Texas Hold'em. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. I'm sure somebody is, would think it's a good idea. Hey, it'll make money for the team. I bet. You know, unless yeah. <laughs> unless they, you know too many people hit the jackpot. But
1: yeah, I mean Gary Bettman, he's been he's shown that he's willing to take the NHL to cities that no one really thought would be successful. Especially, you know, moving some teams down south with Mm -hmm. Nashville and Florida. Tampa Bay's been one of the bright spots for the, you know, the expansion of the NHL.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: But that's, yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I agree with you. I think, you know, Gary Bettman's saying we're shooting down talks of expansion right now.
0: Just to keep it it hush hush.
1: Yeah. I mean, if a team, if a a guy is willing to put up the money for a new team, there's no way that they're going to turn that down.
0: Yeah. The NHL. He'll be scratching his head and be like, wait, did I say that? Yeah. No. Oh, you you missed, you know, you missed the fine print there in my statement.
1: Yeah. We're talking down expansion talks until, you know, we get the right offer.
0: The, yeah, that that's the part the media I guess left out. They uh he must have muffled his words when he said that or yeah, something.
1: Of course, of course. <laughs> but uh yep, next uh let's fast forward here. We're going to talk um weekly power rankings. Uh last week we both had um we both had Tampa number 1 in our power rankings. Yes, we did. Uh this week, Brian, let's start off with you. Who are your top five teams after this last week of the NHL?
0: All right, we'll start with number five. I'm sticking I'm stick I'm keeping the Predators in there because know uh, they're six and four in their last ten, but they're still up there, you know, a clear cut number two so far in the standings in that division. They have a game in hand on Chicago who's behind them, three points behind them. So they for now, they are you know in a pretty decently comfortable situation for the next quarter. Week and a half or so, I, gotta love Pecorine. He He's just he's just remarkable in what he does. One of the bigger guys in the league. Um, tough to count them out. But if we come back next week, they might be out of the picture because, like I said, they're six and four in their last ten, and there are teams that are just playing miles better in the rest of the league. And that which brings me to number four, the Pittsburgh Penguins sure they are 9 and 1 in their last 10 but i look at who their division consists of you have the islanders who are 11 and 6 in second place 3 points behind them i don't think the islanders can keep it up i think i'm just i think everybody for that matter is just waiting for the islanders to just fall off the map and drop out of a playoff picture but right now they're hanging tough still 3 points behind them the penguins have a game in hand so they have an extra game to play And you look third place the New Jersey Devils eight, eight and two. Fourth place, the Rangers, seven, seven and four. Fifth place, Washington, seven, seven and three. Next, Philadelphia, seven, seven and two. So they're they're doing really well. But if you look, you have four teams in that division that are at five hundred right now, and then you have Columbus at six and ten and Carolina at five and nine. So they're doing well, but they're not doing it against super quality opponents, which is why I have them at number four grand. They're getting their business done for sure. And 60 goals for that's, you know, only behind Tampa in the Eastern conference. So they're putting up the goals you know, Mark andre Fleury is is having a good season so far, keeping the pucks out of the net. But I need to see more convincing wins on their part before I bump them up a little more. Number three, throw in St. Louis. Keep, you know, the blues are just, they're firing on all cylinders. Nine and one in their last ten on a three-game winning streak. There's not much. There's really not much you can say about them that is wrong. I mean, they, they got to get healthy. They need to get everyone healthy, and they will be a powerhouse. I mean, they're they already are twelve and four. But you know, it, it's tough to count. You know, tough to go against them, especially in that division. You know, Chicago really hasn't impressed so far this year. Then you have the Jets, who are surprising everyone. The Wild aren't. Uh, you know. They're battling injuries and, and, you know, stretches of inconsistent play there. But, yeah, I St. Louis, by far the best in that division right now. And we go to two Eastern Conference teams for my top two, and then pretty much this will go as like a 1A and 1B pretty much. I was trying to, to pick between these two teams. And I just couldn't do it. So I'll say Montreal is my 1B best team in the league right now. They are the hottest team in the NHL, winners of six in a row, including that game against the Red Wings on Sunday night. Carey Price is being Carey Price, and Dustin Tokarski is playing well when called upon. P.K. Subban's having a terrific year already. They're just... (laughs) And if you look at them, and number one, I'm still sticking with Tampa as my number one pick. So far, Montreal and Tampa are only separated by one point. Montreal has the upper hand in that division, but... I, it really is tough to pick which of these teams I would put first. I'm just gonna stick with Tampa because they completely dominated the Rangers last night, and they're getting contributions. You know what you're gonna get from Stamkos. Callahan had himself a day yesterday against the Rangers, and you know they got those young guys. You know Tyler Johnson, Andre Palat. You know I think well, I think Johnson's hurt right now, but they're just. Everyone's contributing on that team. And then you have Ben Bishop in the back who's just doing his job. Anton Strawman is having a phenomenal season with them. And Victor Hedman, one of their best defensemen, still on the IR. So they're doing this without – they're arguably one of their best defensemen. So that's why i got to say Montreal, not va- not very far behind Tampa, but Tampa's still my number one.
1: So, yeah, interesting there. Um, I'm, I actually have the same five teams in my top five. But a little bit different, different order. Um, I'll start off at number five. I have Nashville like you at number five. Um, you know, second in the Central right now. And uh, interesting stat that I read the other day: they're actually first in the league when it comes to five-on-five goals against or four and against ratio with 1.74 per game. And uh, I think that's a really good stat. It shows that you know you can score not only on the power play but you can score in five-on-five situations, mm-hmm. which is key if you're going to be a team that. Is not only going to win during the regular season, but also in the playoffs. And Nashville, they've they've proven that you know they're they're a team to be reckoned with in the Western Conference. Um, one of the uh, better stories of the season so far really has been been young uh, Philip Forsberg, who has 20 points on the season. Uh, he scored, um, you know, he has 12 assists, uh, eight goals, and he has really been a surprise for them. Only his third year in the NHL, and he's leading the team in points right now. And it's it's been very good for the um for Nashville, their goals per game not very high, two point five goals per game, but their goals against only 2.0, um, second in the NHL, and they've been kind of lackluster in the special teams department. So that's another you know uh, stat that you're looking at is, is Nashville going to fall off here soon, or are they going to stay present? I think this is a team that can stay in the thick of things in the Western Conference as long as they have Pecorine in the net.
0: I think you're right. You're right. Philip Forsberg, what a great move by me by picking him up for fantasy hockey. <laughs> uh, yeah, yes, definitely. <laughs> I cashed in on that long time ago.
1: All right. And um, my fourth place team, your number one team, I have Tampa. Although they're 8-1-1 in their last 10 games, um, best scoring team in the NHL by far, it, I mean, it was really tough. Once you get into that top four range, yeah. you're really nitpicking at some of these teams because mm-hmm. they're all great teams. Mm-hmm. Um, But, yeah, I, I had to move them down from last week. Um. I can't really say, you know, I can't really say that they're worse than the other three teams, but like you were saying, for me, it's like 1A, 1AB, 1C, yeah. one A, one A B, one C, one D. They're all good teams. My um, third team, I got the St. Louis uh, Blues. Um, Twenty five points on the season so far. They're first in the Central, and they've been really hot. Won ten of their last eleven games. Um, second best power play in the league, and they're first in goals allowed. And that's a great, you know, recipe for success for any team in the league uh fast forward here to number two Uh, I got the Penguins at number two um just as just like Tampa Bay they're second in the league in scoring uh sixth in goals allowed that's been really surprising to me when you look when you talk about the Penguins you're not talking about a team that's really playing a whole lot of defense but uh so far you know that contract extension they gave to Flurry it's it's paying off so far despite being you know early in the season we'll see when it comes to later in the season and onto the playoffs but the Penguins they've they've been good on defense. And they have the top power play in the league right now at 32.8%. So <sighs> that's you know that's great for them. They're scoring a lot of power play goals, and you don't want to take a penalty against the Penguins. Nope. And then my top team of the week, I got the Montreal Canadiens, uh, 14-4-1 on the season, winners of six straight games. Uh, as you were talking about, they beat the Red Wings Sunday night. And they've really been good in all facets of their game, um, defensively, scoring the puck with P.K. Subban who got that big you know contract extension during the off season, but you know they've he's proven that he's one of the better scoring D-men in the league and you know they have guys they have other guys that have contributed for the Canadians and I, I would be very very scared to play um a series against Montreal especially if they have that home ice during the playoffs because that that's probably one of the toughest places to play in the
0: league oh the bell center oh yeah
1: so oh the boy. Canadians, and it's what, what's interesting to me though, is they, they haven't really done anything great thus far this season, but they're doing a good job of, you know, they're doing good in everything, not great. They're just really that consistent team across the board that, you know, they're not scoring the most goals in the, you know, in the NHL, but they're also playing really good defense and, you know, they're staying, they're winning these close games. They've played, you know, a lot of close, you know, overtime shootout games and they're winning them. And we'll see if that you know trend stays true during the rest of the season. But as of now, I gotta say Montreal has been the most impressive team since last week. Um, what what do you think about those top five, there, Brian?
0: Yeah, um, and it's funny. Uh, I remember having the Ducks uh, in my top five uh, last week, and this week they I uh, kicked them out. They uh, they're not they're not that far off though. I think. These are the top five teams in the NHL right now. We'll see. We'll see over time. I think that list, this list is going to, I think some of these teams are going to peter out. I think the Canadians are peaking right now. They are, they're, they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, that's why, like you said, it was so tough to pick one of those two teams. You can't go wrong with either pick. Yeah. Um, and then we'll see what happens with Pittsburgh. Uh, if they can... If if their division can wake up a little bit, we'll see how much of that record's able to stay. But a thirty two point eight power play, oh good grief, that, yeah. <laughs> that's intimidating.
1: Yeah, I mean that's you, uh, you know every every third time you're 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 t- you're on the power play, yeah. you're scoring a goal.
0: Yeah, and, and it's not surprising, you know, given you have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Patrick Hornquist, yeah. Chris Kunitz, Pascal uh, Dupuis. Pascal Dupuis Um, who else, uh, you know, but then again, not very often are you seeing a team put up a 30% effective rate on the power play. I think in time they'll, they'll move up on my list, but for now I'm not completely sold on them yet. But yeah, I think our, our lists pretty much, uh, tells the story straight, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you look at, I'm looking at the ESPN power rankings right now for this week. And they got the Red Wings at number 11, uh, moving up a spot from number 12 last week. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right around there for mm-hmm. Detroit. They they did have a really good win against the Blackhawks on Friday night. Kind of took a step back against Montreal. But for the most part, I think Detroit is right there as a team that, you know, could sneak into the top 10 later this season. Their, their young guys need to get better, obviously. But you see it, Luke Glendening had a great game Friday night. Um, you know Thomas Tatar's been contributing, Gustav Nyquist, and uh, Zetterberg. You know he's been great to start the season. He's he's actually leading the team in points. So Zetterberg's been putting on a great show. As long as that suit can stay healthy, I think this Red Wings team will definitely be in the mix in the in the Atlantic Division and possibly for the playoffs. Um, so this is, or we're gonna wrap up the show here today. Um, we'll be actually next week. I don't know if we're gonna be meeting next week, are we, Brian? Um. It's It'll up be, in the air yeah, still. Yeah, Thanksgiving week. We might take a week off, but we'll be back the week after to talk um, Red Wings hockey. Probably have a lot to talk about then. Um, if you have any questions, folks, you can tweet me at Fanko 52 That is Z-A-C-H-F-A-N-K-O-52. And uh, you can tweet Brian also.
0: Yep, tweet me at Brian underscore Bobal. That's B-R-I-A-N underscore B-O-B-A-L.
1: All right. And uh, thanks for listening to the show, everyone, and uh, let's go Red Wings.